Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! The title of my message today, which is, What Are You Saying? What are you saying? Because the truth is this, you know, you know we have, it's easy. I won't say we have been complaining, but I'm saying it's easy to be taken up by the public I don't know, you know, the public mentality. Uh, and it's so easy for us to start comparing and start going like, you know, oh, what is the UK doing? Why can't they be more like another fill-in-the-blank country? And every time you hear the Prime Minister come out and give a press conference, we might be tempted to go, oh, the Prime Minister is such a fill-in-the-blank. And, and the thing is this, if we're not careful, we can end up just repeating and going with what the public or, or what the flesh wants to declare, but that is not how God wants us to live. And we got to remind ourselves that, hey, you know, God has given us a mouth, God has given us a life, and there is power of life and death in our mouth, in our tongues. You know, and not just that, the Word of God reminds us, you know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5.20, 2 Corinthians 5.20, if you have your Bibles, turn with me there. It says this, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making pleading through us, we beg of you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We implore you. In other words, God is saying that, Hey, my people, don't just let complaint come out. Don't just let negativity come out. I know this is an uncertain season, but it doesn't change the fact that you are my ambassadors. And what needs to come out out of us, His ambassadors, First and foremost is imploring. You know, what do ambassadors do? Ambassadors speak on behalf of the country that they come from. They speak representing. In other words, God is reminding us as church, yes, these are certain times, but do not forget that how you speak and what you speak about current times need to represent Him. Needs to be of God. And I know for a fact that Jesus would not be tearing down the country right now. Jesus would not be complaining right now. Jesus will be praying. Jesus will be loving. Jesus will be serving. Jesus will be thinking of how many more He can reach. And this is where we need to remind ourselves that we are not just people going with the flow. Amen. There's enough bad news in the world today. It's time for good news. Amen. And not just good news, but as Christians, we've got to learn to declare over it because we are ambassadors of Christ. Amen. This is nothing to do with, I know sometimes when I talk about, you know, declaring, some of us might be thinking, oh man, I'm, I'm not too sure about this name it and claim it theology. No, no, no. This is nothing to do with name it and claim it. This is declaring what God has spoken. This is being consistent with who God wants us to be. If that's not enough, let me give you the words of Jesus. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. Matthew 12, 36 says this, but I say to you that For every idle word man may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Ooh, wow. Wow. Man, when was the last time we read this scripture? Every idle word, every idle text, every idle word. You know, what have our words been idle? What have we been saying? Has there been more tearing down or more lifting up? Amen. We need to give an account. Every word of it, give an account. 
to God. And this is why it's so important for us. Amen. And, and, and not only that, I really feel that God is leading us as I was preparing, you know, because trust me, this is not a popular message to speak. When God laid this upon my heart, I was thinking like, God, really? You want me to, 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 to speak this? You know, they're going to laugh at me. They're going to be like, I oh, know, Pastor, have you not been reading the news? But I really believe that this is the Word of God for us. And then God reminded me as He gave me Scripture that this weekend is also Rosh Hashanah. It's also according to the Jewish calendar, the New Year. That's right. Happy New Year in September. Happy New Year. Turn to your neighbor and say, Happy New Year. Yeah. Amen. So according to the Jewish calendar, this is Rosh Hashanah weekend and... Uh, and, and it's three days of celebration. In the, in the Old Testament, it's called the Festival of the Trumpets or the Feast of the Trumpets. And it's three days of Rosh Hashanah followed by seven days of repentance and introspection and uh, culminating in Yom Kippur, which is next Sunday, which is called the Day of Atonement, where traditionally they would sacrifice a, a lamb offering, uh, animal offering to take away the sin for that year. It is a, a, a holy day declared by the Lord. And so I don't think it's a coincidence that as us, as His church is moving outwards, God in the natural Jewish calendar is also ushering in a new year. And then I begin to do some reading and, and God began to say that, do you know that why is it called the Feast of the Trumpets? Because over the three-day Rosh Hashanah kind of like celebration, before the fasting starts on Yom Kippur, uh, they would blow the, the shofar, the, the, uh, a horn made out of a ram's horn. And they would blow it 100 times. And it was a command by the Word of God, a mitzvah, to listen to the shofar. And shofars are blown. The ram's horn is blown as a signal, as a declaration of victory. And so God in the physical is saying to His people, hey, usher in the new year by declaring victory. I believe that God, that's God's word for us today. Usher in this new season by declaring victory. You might not see victory, but declare it. Amen. It is a command to listen to the declaration of God. Victory, victory, victory. And not just that. Do you know what they do in, in, in Rosh Hashanah? They also like to you know, eat fruits representing the new season. And, and then they like to eat sweet stuff because they, you know, I know it sounds super Asian, right? That, you know, eat sweet stuff so that we declare sweet things over the new year. And so some of the things they eat are like apples, you know, a new fruit for the new season, but also apples representing sweet. I've been told I do not eat fruits, but my wife said apples are sweet. Okay, cool. And then they will dip the apples in honey and they'll eat it. And, and that's like extra sweet. They will bake stuff called honey cakes. To give up because it's again, when you eat it, sweetness, declaring a sweet and victorious new year. Turn to your neighbor and says, I declare a sweet and victorious new season for you. I declare a sweet and victorious Monday for you. I declare a sweet and victorious week at work for you. Come on, declare it, amen. And on top of that, you know what they do? They also serve fish. Because in Hebrew, I, do, I will not attempt to pronounce it, but the, the fish sounds like the new year. And then they will serve the head of the fish because it symbolizes the head, not the tail. And so, you know, like I said, super Asian, right? You know, growing up in Malaysia, I thought only Chinese people love eating fish head, but turns out, no. You know, our Jewish and brothers and sisters love eating fish heads too. The head, not the tail. And even if it's not, you know, in line with what God is speaking to us, even if it's not in line with 
with, you know, the, the Jewish calendar, which just so happened, God ordained it to happen this weekend as we are meeting. You know, there is so much power in our declaration because even in the natural, the world today, you know, takes a lot of concern when it comes to mental health, mental health. And the truth is this, for mental, about mental health, you know, it, it really boils down to, in my opinion, two things. Our mental health is many times affected negatively by things spoken over us and our repeat of those things. Think about it, you know, if when you were young and then someone called you fat and then that stuck with you. Now that's painful enough to be called fat, to be called ugly, to be called stupid, to be called whatever negative and awful things that have been spoken over us. Some of us have worse things spoken over us, taken away from us. But you know what's worse? That we buy into that and then we repeat it. Amen? And then we keep telling ourselves, yeah, 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 that's right. I am fill in the blank. Worst insult you've ever received. And so you can see, even in the natural, in the circular, people are saying, be mindful of what you speak. Be mindful of what you replay. You know, according to, 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 to religion, and God is saying that even the way I command my people to celebrate the new year is through declaration by faith, you know, and sweetness in speech. And then the Word of God, His Holy Scripture reminds us that we are His ambassadors. Amen? Name me an ambassador that talks badly about his country. No. Every ambassador speaks highly of their country they come from, speaks highly of their people, speaks highly and, and wants to build strong relations. And the Word of God reminds us that we are to give account every idle word. Amen. And so today, I want to teach us how to you know, learn the art of, of declaring again. Learn the art of speaking again because maybe this year, through the lockdown, unknowingly we have developed a bad habit of complaints, a bad habit of, of negativity. You no know, way, it comes so natural. And so I want us to turn to Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 to 14. And I want to study this scripture together with you. And I want to, I want to teach us how to overcome. You know, some of the excuses we might have towards being bold and courageous to speak and declare. We're going to try to tackle some of these very human excuses and learn from them. Amen? Can I hear a good man? Are you at Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 14? Sorry, verse 1 to 14. And uh, this is familiar scripture. Uh, there are songs written about it. We sing it in church many times. You know, these dry bones will live again. We're nothing without you. We're nothing without you. And, and rattle and other songs like that. Uh, but today, I want us to read it. Uh, scripture for what it is and allow the Lord to speak to us. Amen. Let's go. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord. And set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then He caused me to pass by them all around and behold... There were many, there were very many, well, very many, okay? Very many in the open valley, that rhymes. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely... I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you sh shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. 
So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to the breath, thus is the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry our hope is lost. We ourselves are cut off. How many of you feel like that sometimes? Our bones are dry. Pastor, my bones are dry. My boss is drying up my bones. I feel cut off. I feel cut off from the blessing of God. I sell so many applications and I don't know if I'm going to get a job. Maybe some of us are in furlough and you feel cut off. Maybe you got a pay cut so you feel extra cut off. And or maybe you're thinking, oh no, will I still have a job? Will they call me back? I'm in a state of limbo. I'm in a state of uncertainty. I feel defeated. I feel like a bunch of very many scattered dry bones. Our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. But therefore, I, I'm so glad that God doesn't stop there. Therefore, He knows our pain. Somebody say amen to that. God knows our pain. No matter how we cry out, oh, hope is lost, God, He knows it. And then He says, therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open up your graves and cause you to come up from your graves. You will be resurrected. Amen. Thank God we sang the song today. The resurrected king is resurrecting us and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you from your graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and perform it, says the Lord. A lot of things to unpack. First thing I want us to learn today is this. You might be saying to yourself, Pastor, I believe in the power of the tongue. I know that the Word of God says that we are to, you know, be accountable for every word we utter. But Pastor, if only you see the things I see. If only you knew the place I worked at. Then you will know how hard it is for me to declare and prophesy over my situation. If only you knew the amount of rejections I face, then you will know how hard it is, Pastor. If only you knew my colleagues, then you will know how hard it is. If only, if only, if only. I'm so glad that in this scripture we just read, that Ezekiel saw. Ezekiel wasn't ignorant. He saw the very many dry bones in the valley. You know, if dry bones was not enough, it's in the valley. It's a low point. And he saw, and I love that scripture is so honest that when God says, so, Ezekiel, Zeke, do you think this can live? Do you think I can revive all these people? And he gave the most honest answer. Oh God, you know. And sometimes when the situation, I go like, oh God, only you know. Only you know when this will end. God, only you know whether there will be another lockdown. God, only you know, you know, when, uh, uh, whether we can have Christmas or is Christmas cancelled. You know, only you know, Lord, if I'll get a job. Only you know if my furlough scheme will end. Only you know. And I love that Ezekiel was honest to go like, wow, God, you're showing me this really 
near impossible vision, but God, you know. It's okay, first of all, to be honest with God. It's okay. God knows. He is not blind. He is, he, he, I know He is out of this world, but He is still in touch. Somebody say to your neighbor, God is still in touch. Amen. He's not out of touch. He knows our pain. He knows our situation. And this is where we need to learn this. Point number one, when the natural fails, trust in God's nature. Because the natural will fail you. What you see in the natural will fail you. What you read in the natural will discourage you. Recently, I saw an article. It's ridiculous. Forbes, Forbes.com said that speaking the English language will help to spread the coronavirus. Really? The English language? I'm not sure. I didn't bother clicking that clickbait article. Maybe it's to do with certain English pronunciations. Maybe we spit more. I beg to differ. But thank God everyone's wearing a face mask. Thank God I'm wearing a face mask. So we're not spreading it. But do you see how what we read in natural will only depress us? And, and the world knows this. They have made money out of selling bad news because they know that more bad news will make people more neurotic. And the more neurotic you are, you tend to click more and spread more and share more. And God is saying that when the natural fails you, Zeke, when you see the natural and when that fails you, trust in my nature. And in times like this, we got to remind ourselves to be like the prophet Ezekiel. He might not feel like it, but the Bible says he prophesied what the Lord commanded. And there are times where we might not feel like it in the natural, but we need to do what God has commanded us, which is to speak. And this is what God speaks, right? In verse, verse 5, God reveals his nature. Verse 3 is when Ezekiel said, Oh God, you know... And then verse 5 says this, surely, someone underlined surely. That says the Lord God to these bones, and then surely, surely, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Surely. God is saying that my nature is surely. Surely. Of course. What's another word, surely? Of course. God, will you, are you there with me? Of course, God is saying. Before he says anything, how the bones will be put together again, the first assurance, surely. Of course. I'm the God of of course. I'm the God of surely. The world wants to cause you to doubt. But God says, surely. God says that of course I'm with you. Surely I am with you. You never have to second guess my nature. And that's why when nature fails us, when what we see in the natural fails us, trust in God's nature, He will surely rescue. He will surely meet you. He will surely be with you. And maybe this week, you're going to go through some tough times and this is what you got to do. If you can't remember anything about this message, just remember this word, surely. Surely. You know, no, if only there was a, a church member by the name of Shirley, then, then maybe you can remember, okay? Shirley. Shirley, God will be with you. And that's, that's a good name. Name your children Shirley. And it was Shirley. Shirley. Amen. And this is where we got to go. Hey, of course. You know, yeah. You know, Instagram freaks me out. But, and I can't trust Instagram. I can't trust Forbes. I, I'm not even sure whether I can trust Guardian. Let's not even mention the Daily Mail. You know, I'm not sure about all these things. Oh, I'm not sure whether my boss is good with his word, but God is. Trust in his nature. 
Amen. And not only God's nature, but what He has already given us. In 2 Timothy verse 1, 7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. Learn to declare this. Maybe this week, what you see in the natural is failing you. That's where you're going to surely, God, you have not forsaken us. Of course you haven't. And you have not given me a spirit of fear. And you have already given me uh, power, love, and sound mind. So put on the sound mind of God. Amen. No matter what comes your way, put on the sound mind of God. When the natural world tries to rip your peace away, put on the sound mind of God. And trust in His nature. Amen. So that's point number one for you. When the natural fails, when the natural fails, trust in God's nature. Surely, surely I will do it. Surely I will be with you. Surely. And they did. Point number two is this. You might be thinking, okay, okay, all right, I'll try. I'll try. I'll try, Pastor. I'll try, Dave. You know, when, when the natural fails me this week, when my natural boss fails me, I will look to my supernatural boss. You know, when, when my natural bank account fails me, I'm going to look at my heavenly inheritance. Okay. But Dave, problem. I'm, I'm not, you know, recently I took a personality test and I'm 100% introvert. It is, you know, and recently at home, I scored zero for confrontation. You know, in fact, I scored zero for everything. No testimony, no confrontation, no survey, no invitation. In fact, I wasn't there for homes. Okay, it doesn't matter. Some of us might be thinking, Pastor, Dave, it is not my nature to be like that. My upbringing is not like that. I am naturally a pragmatic person. I'm naturally a facts-based person. I'm naturally fill in the blank. Point number two, when it is not in your nature, put on the nature of Christ. We all have our nature. We all have our personality. I'm quiet, you know, I'm, I'm just the type, you know, I, you know when, when I hear bad news, I just internalize it. And I push it down. And I deal with it in 50 years' time. When it is not in your nature, this is where we got to say, it put on the nature of Christ. In the 90s, growing up, as a teenager, there was this movement called WWJD. And they would give around bracelets. At the time, I thought it was the coolest thing. Some of you are thinking, what was that? WWJD means this, what would Jesus do? And it's a movement trying to challenge young people to go like, you know, instead of the youth pastors trying to give you one, one million and answers on, you know, because we know how when we're younger, we love to challenge youth pastors, right? Uh, pastor, how far is too far? Uh, Pastor, does the Bible really say no smoking? Show me scripture that says thou shalt not smoke. And instead of trying to answer whether, you know, as Christians you can smoke, as Christians can you kiss your girlfriend, as Christians can you play Pokemon, they decided what would Jesus do? Ask yourself that, what would Jesus do? You know, what, how would Jesus hold another person's hand what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do when it comes to boundaries? What would Jesus do? And in short, that is challenging us to put on the nature of Christ. And this is biblical. It's not just a, on a wrist tag. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 says this, For as many of you as were baptized, how many of you have been baptized here? How many of you have been baptized? Baptized believers? Praise God, praise God. 
As many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. You've been baptized with Christ, the Bible says you can now put on Christ. And the word in Greek is the same put on as putting on a garment. Meaning that God knows we don't always have the mind of Christ. We don't always act like Christ. We don't always think like Christ. It is not in our nature to be like Christ. And that's where we got to put on His nature. And in Romans chapter 13, verse 4 says this, even more clearly, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. And it's not talking about lust like lustful thoughts. How many know that the flesh has lust? The lust, the desire, the hunger to be comfortable. The hunger to blend in. The hunger to go with the flow. The hunger to say, I told you so. The hunger to be cynical. And then it reminds us, put on the Lord Jesus Christ so that we do not give in to those temptations. And so when it is not in your nature, you might be an introvert, but you can still put on Christ. You might be naturally negative in person, but you can still put on Christ. You might be shy. So what does this mean? It means this, put on Christ. And no matter what comes your way right now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking this to myself. You know, September, so, you know, we, we as a church we want to reach out to more people. But I'm always going like, oh, but if everybody is working from home, how do, how do we reach out? How do we tell people to come to church? If all the universities are having their open day or, or, or Freshers Week virtually on Minecraft and other things, do you know that Imperial College has made a Minecraft version of their campus so that students can visit the uni? via Minecraft avatars. And so all the students could be in, but they're staying in their halls doing online lectures. And I'm thinking, how do we connect? How do we know who is new? How do we reach out to the international students? How do we reach out to the new students? How do we reach out to our colleagues when all of us are so separated? That's when I've got to remind myself when the natural fails and when it is not my nature, I'm going to put on Christ. And I got to start thinking, how would Jesus pray? You know, how would Jesus pray? How would Jesus love? This is the time for the church to rise. In the, in the, in the uncertainty that we're living in right now, what would Jesus do? How would He pray? How would He encourage us? And some of us were thinking, man, I, I'm sending out applications for a job. But, but the natural seems to be closed door after closed door after closed door. And my nature makes me feel like I should just pack my bags and go home. In times like this, we've got to ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? We're going to put on Christ and put on the mind of Christ and go like, how would Jesus want me to do? Will He want me to give up? Does our God give up? Did Jesus on the way to the cross go like, too hard, I'm going home? Or is our God the God who presses on? How does Jesus pray? Oh God, please help the Prime Minister. I think that's how Jesus would pray, at least. But I know that's definitely not how we have been praying. Maybe we've not been praying at all when it comes to the national pandemic. Maybe it's just been, you know, what, what, how would Jesus respond when he sees the bad news? Will he pray? Will he declare healing? Amen? And that's why we've got to remind ourselves, hey, even if you say, it's not my nature, pastor, put on the nature of Christ. Put it on. You know, I, I need to remind myself all the time. 
put on Christ because there are times where I don't feel like being a Christian. I don't feel like thinking the thoughts of Christ. You know, naturally the flesh wants me to hold grudges, but the mind of Christ says, forgive. Naturally the mind of Christ, you know, tells us to press on, but the flesh wants to be comfortable. The flesh wants to stay back. And so that's where we need to challenge ourselves. Point number three is this, right? Like I said, it's important to put on the nature of Christ, but I believe that God's long-term plan is for, for His Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit to be birthed in us and, and, and natural. It's that, to the point where I don't know you have to put on Christ. I, I, I'm naturally like Christ. And for that to happen, point number three, write this down. The supernatural and the fruits of the Spirit in our lives is the supernatural. The supernatural, whether it's a breakthrough, healing, fruits of the Spirit, the supernatural starts when we surrender our nature to God. Point number one, when the natural fails, trust in, the, in God's nature. Point number two, when it is not in your nature, put on the nature of Christ. And point number three, the supernatural starts when we surrender our nature to God. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 to 35. Matthew 12, 33, 35. Amen. These are the words of Jesus. And He's talking about what's on the inside and how that affects what comes out. Matthew 12, 33 says this, Either make the tree good and its fruit, and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good, good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. And so God is saying that, hey, if my people were to be consistent in what they're saying, consistent in their declaration, consistent in their confession, consistent in their prayer life, then putting on Christ is just a start. Eventually, we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to birth something supernatural. And we can only allow the Holy Spirit to do a deep work in us when we surrender to Him. Because a, a, if the tree is good, the fruit will be good. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So my question to us today, my challenge, I don't believe this is my challenge, but this is God's challenge. What have we been populating our heart with? Is it more of God? More of the Spirit? More of the mind of Christ? More trust? Or is it more bad news? Is it unique that during pandemic, everybody is suddenly a medical expert? What have we been populating our heart? Amen. And what Jesus is trying to say is this, right? That allow the Holy Spirit to do a new work in us. And then when we have the fruits of the Spirit, and let me give you the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22. Galatians 5.22 names the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, a.k.a. patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. Can you imagine when your heart is so filled with love? 
do you think you can complain? When your heart is full of love, by the deposit of the Holy Spirit, you cannot help but want to pray more for our nation. When your heart is filled with joy, you cannot help but declare. Amen? Because the truth is this, it's so easy. You know, and I catch myself doing this as well. I've got to remind myself, hey, I've got to declare life. Because it's so easy for us to be looking at the statistics and go like, oh, you know, why is the leadership so... Why are they not learning from this country, that country, this country? How many of you, come on, check your heart. You've been out recently and you saw some people not wearing face masks while they are riding the public transport and your heart immediately judged them. Right? Don't, don't show hands. It's okay. I, I see. I see those hands. Even though you don't lift them up. And maybe in our minds, we're thinking, oh man, they really should be social distancing. And then immediately we start forming. We don't know them, but we start forming the worst perception about them. Oh, these people. How do we stop that? When our hearts are filled with joy. When our hearts are filled with peace. When our hearts are filled by the Holy Spirit with His patience, His kindness, with His goodness, with His faithfulness, with His gentleness, with His self-control. Self-control. That's when we go like, "Mm, you know what? God has given me a tongue to bless. So I'm going to bless. I'm going to declare healing. I'm going to declare the rates going down. I'm going to do my part. You know, I really believe that, you know, as a church, we're not just meeting up because we can, but I believe that part of meeting up is to inspire hope. And to inspire hope, the national conversation must change. And the national conversation doesn't happen at the national level. It happens you know, one-to-ones with our friends, with our colleagues. Is there, has there been hope deposited lately or has there just been echoing of complaints or comparison? That's why we've got to ask, like, Holy Spirit, continue working in me. So how do we bear fruits of the Holy Spirit? How do we surrender? What does it mean to surrender our nature to God? I don't know much about fruits, okay? Ask me after the service why. But one thing I know about fruits is this. Fruits are usually are, are, are born or, are, you know, basically they are found not near the main body of the tree, but on its branches, away from the main body. That's how fruits, you, don't, you, you never see an apple tree, you know, with all the apples near the main trunk. It's always in the branches, and then they're so heavy fruit that the whole tree becomes heavy. What, what, what is God telling us? He says this, right? In other words, if you want the Holy Spirit to birth fruits in you, you need to stretch out. And you must allow the Holy Spirit to stretch you out. And because naturally we want to be in our comfort, comfortable little Christian zone, and God is saying stretch out. Allow the Holy Spirit to stretch your patience, stretch your peace, stretch your joy, stretch your love. And how do you do that? When you begin to love somebody else. See, when the branches reach out, they naturally bear fruit. When you begin to focus more on reaching out, when you are surrendered to God and say, God, help me to reach out, that's when the fruits come out. Amen? And so God is saying to us, you know, Put on the mind of Christ. Put on the nature of Christ. 
But in the long term, I want you to be bearing fruits. So that it becomes natural. Putting on the mind of Christ is reminding yourself, and it's good. It's good to remind ourselves, hey, Dave, your pastor, you shouldn't be talking like this. Okay, okay, okay. God bless you. But in God's long term is for us to, to naturally want to bless, naturally want to love, naturally peace and joy and goodness and kindness coming out, naturally having self-control over what we speak. And so my hope is that in this season, this new season, we're allowed to meet again, new season, school restarting again, new season of job movements and all that, but it's also an uncertain season. May we learn to declare, learn to speak. What does the new season hold? Nobody knows. But let's learn to declare God's victory. Let's learn to declare God's goodness. Amen? Stop saying that it's hard to do it when all I see is just bad news. Come on, then trust in His nature. Stop giving an excuse that my personality is this. Let's remind ourselves, are you born again? If you've been born again, you cannot cling on to your old personality. If you've been born again, you've been reborn, recreated in Christ, regenerated, then you cannot say that, well, my person, that's, your old, that's the old you. The new you, the new you that God wants you to be needs to be filled with love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? So let's learn. Amen? Let's begin to shift. Let's do our part, church. When you go to work, when you're in your Zoom call meetings, in your conversation with your neighbours, let's learn to shift the tone. Let's learn to insert hope. Let's learn to declare, sure, people might scoff, people might laugh, but hey, we're ambassadors of Christ. We're here to represent God's kingdom. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we cannot help but speak our natural heavenly language, which is hope, faith, love. Amen? Praise God. Allow me to pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that we're able to open up your words. We thank you, first of all, Lord, that things are opening up. But at the same time, God, we truly do not know what the future holds. But Lord, we know that you hold the future. So God, even though we don't know what the future holds, we shall not, therefore, be afraid to declare. Because that's going with the natural. The natural says, wait and see. The natural says, don't be hopeful. The natural says, play it safe. But Lord, we live for the supernatural. We surrender our natural characteristics to you. We surrender our natural mindset to you and say, Lord, help us, Lord. Remind us, Lord, that we are, at the end of the day, accountable to you for every word that proceeds out of our mouths. So Lord, let every word that comes out of us when we talk to our neighbours, when we talk to our colleagues, when we pray, be hopeful, be full of faith, be full of joy, be declaring by faith victory and sweetness in this new season. God, I pray that you help us, Lord. We know it's not easy. And Lord, maybe some of us were facing tough times at work, but Lord, teach us to still declare. I sense that this is the word for someone here. You're not looking forward to Monday. And God is saying to you, declare. Declare not the Monday you know, but declare God's nature. 
Will God be with you? You ask. Surely, the Lord declares. Surely. Surely, I will be with you in your Monday to your Fridays. I really sense that this is the word for someone here. You have been having such a nightmare of a week. You feel so demoralized, discouraged, beaten down. But the Lord is wanting to lift you up. You felt like dry bones and the Lord is saying that I will breathe new life to you. Surely I will do it. Surely. You might feel hopeless. You might feel cut off. You might feel like your bones have dried up. But the Lord says, surely. And what can we do except be like Ezekiel and prophesy as I was commanded? I feel the Spirit of the Lord coming over you, commanding you, come on. Take hold of your weed. Come on. You know, begin to shift, shift the tone of your week. Begin to use my vocabulary to describe your situation instead of your vocabulary, says the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, again, Lord, we pray that we will do our part, Lord. Lord, to trust in you, to rest in you. But Lord, help us to also do our part to pray for this nation, to bless this nation, to speak well and to lift up. Lord, help us, Lord, to populate this nation with your hope, with your love, by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.